Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Huston, back with another episode here on The Truth, back with AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing great now, thank you. How are you? Doing pretty good, too. We're back with our weekly MLB uh, rundown, weekly MLB podcast. If you guys missed the last two podcasts, we had covered All-Star Weekend, so I definitely recommend you go check those out. Even though those are in the past, we did recap them, so it is interesting to kind of take a look back and see kind of where people are at with that. But anyways, guys, we are back with our weekly MLB podcast. Today, we are going to kick things off with the Detroit Tigers, who have had an interesting season. They've been playing pretty good baseball as of late. They had a series at Seattle right after All-Star Weekend where they took two out of three. Then they traveled to Kansas City for four where they took three out of four. And then they just most recently lost two out of three at home to the San Diego Padres. They're sitting with a 45-54 and 54 record, 6-4 and four in their last 10, currently sitting third in the AL Central. For the Tigers, it's been an up-and-down year. I think pitching has definitely been improved. Uh, they recently had gotten Tariq Skoba back. Obviously, Michael Lorenzen had a pretty good start to the season. Um, he's been obviously mixing some trade uh, concerns, not trade concerns, trade deadlines. Eduardo Rodriguez, he was injured for a period of time, but had a good start recently in Kansas City. And for the Tigers, they're still kind of looking to build on the future and have some success there. They got a lot of young guys. Riley Green, they just inked uh, Max Clark to a deal. And they got a lot of young pitchers, too. So they're definitely ahead of schedule, I think, as far as their chances of competing this year. It seems to be going down a path where not likely, but I also do think that you got to be pleased with how the Tigers have played, especially as of late. Um, and then one of the, have they have won the games, basically, that they should have won. Yeah, definitely. I think they are ahead of schedule. Pitching is going to be the big thing right now. And like you mentioned, Lorenzen and Rodriguez both being in uh, trade talks. I think those are two guys that will be moved uh, before the trade line is done just because I think they want to go to – they're probably going to have one one more year, maybe one and a half years until they're really buyers. So I think moving these two guys right now would definitely help for the future. I mean, Lorenzo's last two starts – uh, gave up zero runs in 13 two-thirds innings, five hits, 10 strikeouts, 2-0. Rodriguez in 12 innings, four and runs, 14 strikeouts, 2-0 uh, and with an ERA right at three. Uh, Matt Manning's been looking good uh, since coming back. And offensively, Riley Green's really turned it on. Uh, not a lot of power, but hitting towards the top of the lineup, uh, just getting on base a lot and letting like, guys like Kerry Carpenter or Spencer Torkelson drive him in. Your San Francisco Giants are 54 and 46, 5 and 5 in their last 10 contests. Been up and down near for the San Francisco Giants, currently sitting third in the NL West right now. Had a three game series at Pittsburgh where they swept them. Then they went on the road to Cincinnati, took the first two, and then lost the last two. And then most recently just got swept by Washington. It's been an up and down year for San Francisco, as I mentioned, but there's been a lot of positives, and they are competing very much so in the NL West and the NL wildcard race at the moment. They are a team that I do think is going to make some moves, especially at the trade deadline. Their starting pitching as of late has been a little bit of a struggle. Uh, Logan Webb recently went one and a third, gave up six earned runs. Alex Wood, four innings pitch, five earned runs. Did see a report that the Giants are interested in a guy like Justin Verlander, um, potentially from the Mets. But I do believe that they do need to add at least a starting rotation player to kind of give them some depth, maybe a little bit, an arm or two in the bullpen. Although their bullpen is solid, it's always nice to get some stability there. But 
All in all, you know, the pitching has definitely been, I think, the reason why the Giants have success or not. They've had a lot of young guys have success. Guys like Patrick Bailey have had good campaigns. So for the Giants right now, I think they're sitting in a good position, but they could definitely use at least one or two more arms, in my opinion, if they want to have a run potentially at the NL West crown or just at the NL or even the World Series pennant in general. Yeah, the pitching, like you mentioned, has been very... Uh, not as usual, not as normal as it has been. Uh, un- or unusual start for Webb, not even getting through two innings, allowing uh, all those runs. And then just overall, uh, just pitching hasn't been there. But I think there are, they are going to be buyers during this trade deadline coming up and definitely starting pitching. And right now I think I saw something, I forgot who posted it, but the Giants are minus 1,100 for Shohei. And that was above the Dodgers and other teams like that who – uh, people have really been thinking he's going to go to. So right now, I think they have one of the highest odds to get Shohei. Now, would they be giving up a lot? Yes, but do I think there's a chance he could resign? Yeah, because he was one of the teams uh, who was talk. The Giants were one of the teams he was talking to early on when he was originally coming to America. Uh, but honestly, I don't know. I think more of a Bieber or Stroman type guy would probably be better overall, just because you're not giving up as much of a future. Uh, when you are training for Shohei, unless if you're very confident in re-signing him. But offensively, he's been solid. Wilmer Flores has four home runs in nine games, 12 hits in nine games as well uh, for Flores. Conforto is doing very well. Overall, Luis Matos, the offense has been pretty solid. It's just the pitching has just been giving, has been giving up too many runs early on in games and just kind of not competing. The Baltimore Orioles are 61-38, and 7-3 in their last time, currently first in the AL East. Had a three-game series at home versus the Mar- uh, Marlins, where they won all three games there. Then they had a three-game set versus LA. They only won one out of three. And then most recently had a four-game set, a big pivotal matchup on the road at Tampa Bay, where they were able to take all four games. Their pitching's been solid. Obviously, their bullpen, we say it every week, has been good. Kyle Bradish had a good start recently against Miami going seven and a third, I believe, giving up zero earned runs. Their bullpen has really stepped up to the plate. Danny Columbine has been a guy that, um, you know, f- was on the Twins, so I got to watch a lot of him. He's been a kind of an X factor, um, got a couple saves or at least have save opportunities as well as being a big-time uh, uh, arm in the bullpen there. Obviously, uh, Adley Rushman's had a good campaign. Gunnar Henderson's really broken out in the scene, especially as of late. Um, O'Hearn, Ryan O'Hearn, has also done a good job there. And so – for the Orioles, you know, you'd like to see maybe a move or two, but at the same time, they're playing great right now. They're playing way better than anyone ever expected them to be playing, and they're sitting first in the AL East. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't know what they should really do at the trade deadline. I mean, you can never really hurt yourself, in my opinion, um, but you can potentially shoot yourself in the foot. So just be smart about it. I don't necessarily think they need anything, but you wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they did get a splash and get a guy potentially. Yeah, I think they're a team that may buy a couple, make you go try to get some bullpen guys uh, to match up with Bautista and Cano. Uh, maybe like a little bit more of a long relief guy, just in case one of these pitchers get in trouble. Or potentially go after one of these uh, mid tier or mid to higher tier starting pitchers to kind of just bolster his rotation. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez was called back up recently, made two starts, 10 innings, 600 runs, 10 strikeouts. Uh, he's just been getting hit around 10 hits and 10 and two two-thirds with six earned runs, like I mentioned, but no home runs, so that's a good thing right there. Brash has been solid. Gibson and Kramer have overall been solid uh, this year. The last couple starts did get hit around a little bit more. Batista's five for five in his last five save opportunities and has a win. 
Uh, just overall, it's just been pretty good. You mentioned uh, Gunner and O'Hearn. Uh, Gunner has three home runs, two doubles, one or sorry, two triples, one double, ten runs, and six RBIs in his last ten games. Uh, Rutschman and O'Hearn both have home runs. O'Hearn's hitting three seventy five uh, in his past nine games as well. The Chicago Cubs are forty eight and fifty one, six and four in their last ten. Had a three game set versus the Red Sox, where they lost two out of three. One, two out of three versus the Washington Nationals, and finish up their four-game. Uh, I'm sorry, their homestand with the four-game series versus the St. Louis Cardinals, winning three out of four games for them. Again, another up and down season. They've consistently played 500 baseball, and that's why their record is just 300 games, three games under 500. I think the biggest thing surrounding the Chicago Cubs is definitely the trade deadline. Um, question marks that they really seem to be moving. It looks like they're going to seem to move guy like Stroman. Bellinger, and there's some other guys that could potentially be on the table. Jamie Centalion has been a guy that maybe has emerged as far as how well he's been playing as of late. Um, and then they got guys like Seiya Suzuki, who had a good uh, campaign. Uh, they got Dennis Swanson back, which has been huge. And so they have a good roster. I think a lot of people were expected with the jump that they had to the start of the season. Got guys like Justin Steele as well um, that have had good contributing success. You know, as far as the roster is concerned, they seem like a team that could, you know, potentially make a deep run, especially having guys like uh, Stroman and Steele manning your rotation. But at the same time, we obviously know they're going to probably deal a lot of those guys and just how the Chicago Cubs operate. But again, I say this every time around the trade deadline. They were supposed to also trade guys like Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras last year, and they never did. So we'll see what the Chicago Cubs do. I don't really know what the right decision or the wrong decision is because they've just been playing 500 throughout the season. Yeah, definitely. I think they're going to be moving on from some guys like Stroman, Bellinger, potentially Tyone. Uh, especially more recently for how well he has been pitching. Uh, I think that the team is just maybe a year or two away from uh, contending right now. I don't think that the roster they have at the moment can do that. I think they need better starting pitching, which is a guy like Stroman, I, I think, who's been saying he wants to stay in Chicago. Uh, and I think he's also been saying that he believes Belly wants to stay there. But at the end of the day, it's a business decision. I think they're going to play for the future. Uh, Steele's been really good this year. Uh Hendricks is a guy who's been a good number three, number four type guy for them. And just overall, guys like Smiley, I think are going to be more of what you're going to see in Chicago for this year and potentially next year, whether it's like more lower end starting pitchers until the younger guys come up and start taking those positions. Uh, Bellinger has looked like MVP Bellinger as of recently, 436 stolen base, five home runs, 15 RBIs, two doubles, nine runs his last 10 games. Horner's been solid, Suzuki, Happ. Uh, even guys like Mike Talkman, more of a troubleman, has really found a home right now with Chicago, which is, again, going to be those be the guys you're going to see for Chicago like this year and next year, uh, just kind of guys who are troublemen just trying to fill up positions as of right now. The Cincinnati Reds are 55-46, and 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They lost their first five games to start the All-Star break or coming back from the All-Star break, and then they won their next five. Got swept by the Brewers, which was a pivotal NL Central series. Lost two out of three versus the Giants. I'm sorry, two out of four. Uh, they, they went two out of four against the Giants at home. And then they won a three-game series, swept the Arizona Diamondbacks at home as well. For the Cincinnati Reds, I mean, obviously nobody expected them to continue to continue to keep pace. They're only a half game out uh, from the Brewers for that first place spot in the division. As far as, you know, obviously L.A. De La Cruz has been a big contributing factor. Jonathan India has been a big Contributing factor, he is also surprisingly in the trade market. They do like to get some pitching help. The pitching definitely is a weekend. And th- keep in mind, they've been doing all of this, especially without a guy like Hunter Green, who has been sidelined for a period of time now, just recently started throwing bullpen, so he should be coming back soon. 
obviously their centerpiece of their rotation early on. Um, but they got a lot of guys that pitch and help, a lot of young guys. I think they're going to be set moving forward. But how the Reds operate, they're not a team that usually buys or invests in players. So I'd be curious to see if they're going to invest in a player or two uh, to really get them over the edge. The NL Central seems to be wide open. It seems to be a two-man race right now, potentially a three-man race, depending on how the Cubs operate. But the Reds definitely have a very good chance of sneaking in the postseason, but I do think they're going to need some help. And the question is, are they going to be buyers or are they going to be sellers like they typically are? Yeah, right now, especially not having Green and Lodolo, I think they're going to be buyers uh, looking for a starting pitcher. I mean, Abbott, uh, Graham Ashcraft, and Brandon Williams, as of recent, have been solid, uh, especially Ashcraft coming back uh, from the minor leagues, uh, getting some more innings down there, just working on some stuff. And Andrew Abbott, since he's been called up, has been has been phenomenal for them. But overall, I think just pitching outside of those three, yes, you do have Lodolo and Green, but you don't know exactly when they're going to come back. And right now, they they can really make a push for this division. I'm not super surprised India is up for trade just because of the guys they do have in the minor leagues right now and guys they've called up recently. Like uh, Matt McClain, you could potentially see him get moved over to second, uh, bring Ellie over to short, and Christian and Canarsio Strand can go over to spend, potentially Spencer Steer. Uh, those guys can flip back and forth from the corner. But they just have a lot of guys, and they need pitching. And India seems like he's the odd man out right now, just being slightly older than some of these other guys, even though he is still pretty young. I could see a team really go out and just uh, blow up their starting pitching. Potentially someone like uh, the White Sox could go out and try to get India and trade out the starting pitching that they have right now. The Royals are 28-73, and 2-8 and eight in their last 10 contests. Open up the break at home against the Rays, where they only took one out of three games. Then they took on the Detroit Tigers at home, where they lost three out of four there, and then traveled to New York, where they lost all three. It's been a dismal season for the Royals. I mention this every week. It hurts to lose guys like Vinny Pasquantino, who had emerged as you know early rookies to kind of have success for the Royals. Bobby Witt has done a really good job, especially as of late. They recently just reinstated Zach Granke from the injured list. And right now, I mean, the Royals aren't competing for anything. I think it's time. They've kind of done it. Um, as you've seen in the past, but to get some prospects, some action in the major leagues, because they're obviously not competing for anything, but to get that kind of experience standpoint behind them and, and see what they have moving forward. Have a series with the Guardians. It's not really a big series for them, but a big series for the Guardians to maintain pace with the Twins in the AL Central. But been a dismal season for the Royals thus far, and all Royals fans know it, and they're just waiting to go back to their World Series strengths. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's been a really, really bad season just overall for the Royals. And it's one of those things, like, they don't really have guys that they can trade uh, or these big, bigger names that they're able to kind of trade off and be able to build around. I guess Salvador Perez has been talked about in trade rumors, but it'd be really weird to give him the captain at the beginning of this captain patch at the beginning of the season and then trade him off in the same season. Uh, it'd be an interesting dynamic there for them. But just overall, like I mentioned, just call up some guys. I know there isn't a lot of big names at the moment. Oh, uh, that are like MLB ready, but just give them time. Uh, some of these younger guys, maybe next year you could see them move up, if, especially if they're not, especially if they're in the same division, same spot as they are right now uh, in the division, just not really playing for anything. Just get them some more playing time and give them experience up in the majors, like I mentioned. The Minnesota Twins are 53 and 48, 8 and 10 in their last 10, or sorry, 8 and 2 in their last 10 contests. Swept Oakland on the road, took two out of, sorry, split two out of four at Seattle, won the two middle games there, and then swept the Chicago White Sox at home most recently. For the Twins, everything's been going good, and everything's been going well for them. Byron Buxton 
Um, you know, some people are saying he's back at a couple home runs recently, had success there. Kepler's had a good bat as of late. Eduardo Julian has also been doing really good. Uh, Jorge Polanco did recently start his rehab assignments. It'll be interesting to see when Polanco's back what they do with some roster moves there. But they are still dealing with some injuries. Rotation's been good. Uh, Joe Ryan has been steady. Pablo Lopez has been good. Bailey Ober's been really good. I think one of the more underrated players in all of baseball, for that matter, have been very consistent for them. And, yeah, the Twins are just in a good spot right now. It's nice to see the Twins kind of holding on to some victories. Um, you know, it's a lot of close games. Duran's been coming in doing his job, too. Got a big series starting today um, as they're going to be taking on the Seattle Mariners. be curious to see how they're going to do there. Uh, Luis Castillo taking the bump for the Mariners in game one. Should be a fun, interesting series for the Twins. Yeah, uh, over, I think you mentioned, very, been very underrated so far this year. He's been great. Uh, Gray, Ryan Lopez, all been middle of the pack as of recent. It seems like their early on success has faded away a little bit, but they're all good enough pitchers to uh, to get back to their old ways uh, of earlier this season. Duran's five for five in his last five save opportunities. Uh, he's been really solid in giving up one one earned run in six innings. Laura uh, Julian, like you mentioned, has been really good. Alex Kirilov has four home runs, a triple, three doubles, 14 RBI, six runs in his last nine games. Uh, just overall, everyone's been playing really good, like I mentioned. Buxton's had a couple home runs, but in his past eight games, he is hitting .0991, so under 100, but he did have that two-home run game the other day to help out the team. The Oakland Athletics are 28-74. and 74. It's definitely been a disappointing year for them. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. As I mentioned recently, just got swept by the Twins. Uh, actually took two out of three at home against Boston and then took the final game of three. I'm sorry, took the second to last game of four against the Astros, losing three to four there. For the Athletics, it's been a disappointing year. Everybody knows that. It's been really sad. Not necessarily really sad, but just really tough to see the Athletics play this season. They've kind of started bringing up some guys, Zach Gilaf, Tyler Soderstrom, have kind of started to make an impact, some big names there for them. Um, on the pitching side of things, nothing great or nothing that necessarily jumps off at the page for them. Um, Hogan Harris, potentially. But other than that, you know, it's been a disappointing year for them. They did recently trade Shintaro Fujinami to the Orioles. be interesting to see that move down the line. But, yeah, it's been a dismal year. They're sitting right now at the worst record in baseball and uh, not seeming to come anywhere close to fixing that anytime soon. Yeah, no, it's it's been the A's all year. I don't think we've changed our stance on them. Uh, the only bright spot, I guess you could say, is Luis Medina as a recently last two starts, 10 and third, flying one on run, which was a home run, 12 strikeouts, one no, 0.84 ERA. But outside of that, it doesn't really affect his overall ERA, still pretty high in comparison to what he has been doing as recently. Spears has been solid, probably their best pitcher all year, or you could argue Blackburn, but both not good seasons. Zach Giloff. Uh, did make his debut, did his first home run, a triple, four doubles, three RBI, six runs in nine games. So he's been solid in 273. Uh, Tony Kemp hasn't been bad, same with J.J. Bleday uh, as of recent. The Philadelphia Phillies are 53-46, and 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Took three out of four at home versus the Padres, lost two out of three versus the Brewers, and then most recently won, I'm sorry, lost two out of three at Cleveland. For the Phillies, it's been relatively a positive year. Um, Aaron Nola had a good start against the Brewers, going seven out of third, four hits, two earned runs, six Ks. Pitching's been consistent. Um, obviously, dealing with guys in their bullpen, like Jose Alvarado, that's been injured. Bryce Harper recently made his debut at first base. He's been good for them. Schwarber, all that stuff. So, for the Phillies right now, they're sitting in a good position. They're 
third in the NL East. Obviously, the NL East seems to be controlled by the Braves, but they are contending for a wild card spot. I do think that the Phillies do need to add some depth, whether that's pitching or another guy in their lineup or two, uh, to have some success. I'd like to see maybe some bullpen depth. I think that was one of the main reasons why they made a run at the World Series, um, you know, last year. And I think going forward, you know, they're going to have a lot of success. They're a team that's got a good farm system, and they also got a good major league team right now that's competing very well. Reminds me a lot of the Giants as far as where they're at in their division, not only, but also uh, just in the grand scheme of things. So see what kind of noise they're going to be able to make at the trade deadline coming up. Yeah, they've been connected to a lot of guys, uh, especially pitching. Right now, Nolan Wheeler have opened excellent, but Ranger Suarez and Tywin Walker have really been very low end, uh, three and four guys. I think that they, another pitcher could be uh, very helpful or maybe another bat. Uh, I did hear someone say it was just like some random thing about Shohei Otani going there, but really don't see it happening. I mean, yes, it would help in the pitching department, but on the other hand, that means you're going to have to put Kyle Schwarber in the outfield, which is a very big liability defensively because he is horrible in the outfield, uh, just no, not much range and makes a lot of errors while he's out there. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think another pitcher, potentially uh, another outfielder right now, uh, just someone to kind of make another spark because Trey Turner, Harper, uh, Schwarber, Ramuto, Nick Castellanos, uh, they've all been down as of recently, uh, hitting rise. I mean, Bryson Stott right now is their leading hit, is their hit leader in the last ten games. Uh, just overall, they're. I think they just need one more spark in their lineup. I mean, they made the World Series last year, and I think they're just one move away. So I could definitely see like a starting pitcher, uh, be go for the, they trade for a starting pitcher. The San Diego Padres are forty-eight and fifty-two, five and five in their last ten. They still have not been over to get over the hump. They had a four-game series at Philadelphia. Like I mentioned, they lost three out of four. Then they took on Toronto on the road, took two out of three there, and then most recently took two out of three at Detroit. For the Padres, Manny Machado's had a great month of July. He's done great for them. Um, you know, For their pitching side of things, Blake Snell, I think he's one of those guys that potentially could get dealt the trade deadline. It, it might be a, maybe a bit of a wild-card move, but he's had a relatively solid year. Juan Soto had two home runs against the Tigers, had a good time there. And then they uh, recently called up Jackson Wolf to make their his debut for the Padres. So they have an interesting system going in San Diego. Has not been San Diego, as you said in the last show, but they are a good, solid team. Musgrove, Snell, even guys like you, Darvish. Hayter's been phenomenal out of the bullpen. I believe he has a .97 ERA. He's been really good for them, been shut down. So I don't know how they're four games under five hundred. They got to make something going now, or they got to make some noise at the trade deadline. Either or, they got to find a way to win. Yeah, I think this is going to be a team that's going to be selling. Uh, <laughs> Sunel is one of those guys who's is, who's been phenomenal in this last month, two months overall. His last 10 innings, only one earned run, 0-1, uh, which is kind of surprising. 11 strikeouts, but did have 10 walks, so a uh, little bit of control issues there. But again, no, only one earned run at that time. Uh, Lugo, Musgrove have... Uh, both been solid overall. Uh, Darvish has been really good his last two starts, only playing one earned run in 12 innings with 16 strikeouts. Uh, Bicey Snell, I could see uh, Hater. They're definitely two guys that are most likely going to get traded uh, as of rumors I've heard. Uh, Soto is actually one of the guys who, yes, there has been rumors, but out of all the guys I've heard is least likely to actually be traded, which is kind of surprising because I don't know if they actually if they had the cap to be able to. Uh, resign him at the end of this year and if they don't 
then it just wouldn't make sense to keep him in the sense that it makes in that it is why would they keep him if they're not going to win right now and you're not going to be able to sign him just get some prospects just try to get at least some guys back uh from that trade but Bogarts has been good Kim Tatis have been solid recent you mentioned Machado's past month has been really good uh just overall I think this is a team that will sell uh if they don't really turn it on probably the next probably three or four games. I, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but if they go on a hot streak, these guys start hitting, I don't think they will sell because I think that they're too much invested in this team to win. The Seattle Mariners are 50 and 49, five and five in their last 10, had a three game set versus the Tigers, only won the final game there. Then they took on the Twins, split two out of four there, and then re- recently took on the Blue Jays at home, won two out of three games there. On the pitching side of things, Castillo it seems like he's really up or down. Had a little bit of a down start there against the Twins. George Kirby had a career high with 10 strikeouts as they did beat the Twins in that game. He looks really good. Um, Jared Kalnick, sad news there, kicked a, kicked a, whatever he kicked and broke his foot. I think he's out for the year. So disappointed to see a guy like Kalnick go down like that. Um, and then obviously guys like Julio Rodriguez. Colton Wong sometimes is either really good or he's really bad, but he was one of the X factors early on before the All-Star break for the series against Houston. But yeah, the Mariners are a team, I feel like they're exactly like the Twins and the fact that they should be better than they are. They got a great pitching rotation, um, and they got a decently solid bullpen, guys like Paul Sewald, so they should be making more noise. They just haven't just yet. Maybe they need another guy or two. The trade deadline, maybe Shohei Otani. Um, we'll see what the Mariners end up doing with Shohei potentially, or other guys in the uh, market. Yeah, this is a team that I think, especially losing Kellenic, uh for how good he has been this year. I believe he kicked a cooler after he struck out, uh, broke his foot, he is out for the rest of the year. Uh, but overall, this is a team that could trade some prospects. I mean, they got guys that they're able to trade for Shohei and really turn this uh, season into a winner. I mean, made the playoffs for the first time last year in a while, and I think they really want to get back. Kirby's been solid. Luis Castillo's been up and down. Bryce Young was solid in his last two starts, 10 inning, ten and third innings, only one run right off a home run, nine strikeouts. Gilbert's been good. He's been linked to potentially also get traded uh, to someone like the Cardinals. Uh, for some guys, uh, Gilbert kind of seems like right now he's kind of the odd one out, um, especially with some of the other minor league pitchers that they have. Brandon Wu's been getting his recent, but the bullpen has been solid. Uh, offensively, uh, P.J. Crawford has turned it on. Uh, he's been probably one of their best hairs as of recently. Uh, Kelnick was hitting 350 before he broke his foot. Suarez and Mike Ford both had three home runs with six RBIs, and that's what I mean by they're potentially uh, going to be buyers for someone because they have Mike Ford starting at first base. Uh, Ty France is another guy whose name has been put out there, potentially could be traded. Uh, as and get more daily every day at, at bats. It seems like his position has been kind of looked over as of right now because of how he has been hitting. The St. Louis Cardinals are 44 and 56, six and four in their last 10. Again, very disappointing year for the Cardinals thus far. Had a three game set uh, against, sorry, a two game set. No, yeah, sorry, three game set against Washington at home, one, two out of three there. Then they swept the Miami Marlins at home and then lost three out of four games at Chicago. They've also played with a lot of injuries. Wainwright seems to be coming back after, I believe, his last start was July 4th. It's not like that makes a difference. He's been terrible. Montgomery had a rough start recently the other day. Um, and so it's just been disappointing for the Cardinals. 
the offensive side of things, Arenado, Goldschmidt, uh, they've had good seasons. Nolan Gorman's been good, but he's been healthy. Jordan Walker, as you mentioned, had a good season. So offensively, the Cardinals are great. It's just pitching-wise and defensively is where they really lack. Don't seem to be competing for anything this year. Um, they have a lot of old pitchers, obviously Montgomery, Wainwright, Stephen Matz. Got some young guys like Libertar as well. So we'll see what the Cardinals end up doing in the future. But right now, they don't seem to be in the best positions, even though they got two of the best hitters uh, in baseball right now. Yeah, this is a team that's been very disappointing. I did read something that there's a very good chance that Arenado, um, Goldschmidt aren't going to be traded, especially, and some of the other guys, obviously the young guys like Jordan Walker. Uh, but Wilson Contreras is a guy who they are shopping around right now. Uh, I don't, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, he's been really underperforming uh, to their standards of what they think that he would have been when they signed him originally. Uh, like you mentioned, Nolan Gorman, he's been really solid as raising 367, three home runs, 10 RBIs, three doubles, seven runs in his last nine games. And overall, the offense is doing a lot better than it did earlier this year. Nardo's hitting 359, Goldschmidt hitting 270. Uh, Alec Burleson's been good. Same with Lars. Paul DeYoung has turned it on as of recent. Not the highest batting average, but he is hitting home runs at a lot higher clip than he was earlier in the year. And then pitching, I think that's where they've really uh, overlooked themselves. They've been signing all these offensive guys, uh, really good players put on the field, but their pitching has been abysmal so far this year. And I think that's something they could be trading Wilson Contreras and maybe some of these other guys for and building for next year. The Rays are 61-42, and 3-7 and seven their last 10, have definitely been slumping as of late, have fallen to second in the AL East. Had a three-game set at Kansas City where they took two out of three. Then they traveled to Texas where they lost all three games there and then lost three out of four at home versus the Orioles. Only really good quality start was Zach Eflon um, against the Orioles going seven innings, two hits, one walk, and zero earned runs earning the win there. They did obviously uh, shop Yanni Chirios. The Rays did acquire him off waivers. Their pitching has relatively been fine. They've lost a lot of games where they haven't scored runs, and their offensive production numbers have been down. Um, obviously, when we did the show a while ago, they were first in basically every category, but now they sit fourth in runs, 11th in hits, ninth in average, 10th in on base percentage, 5th in slugging, 5th in OPS, and 4th in home runs. So their offensive numbers have definitely taken a hit. Their pitching is good as expected, but their offense has been down. Um, Yonder Diaz is still continuing to do fine. Franco, it seems like he's up and down as well, but they need to have some more consistency, especially as their bats, because their pitching can only get them to a certain spot, and their pitching can definitely take them deep into October. Yeah, their pitching's been solid overall. I mean, Glasnow is really getting back to uh, his original form. F1's been solid all year. Shane Mack has, did get hit around in his last two starts uh, with a 6.3 ERA and 10 innings, and seven earned runs, one home run. Did still get 11 strikeouts. I think just coming back uh, off of uh, the IL with the back, I think he's still just trying to get in the groove of things, make it make it better. But I think Shane Mack, he'll be back to his original form and what we've seen. Taj Bradley uh, has definitely been up and down. He'll have a start where he'll go scoreless, and then they'll have a start uh, like he did against Arizona where he gives up five runs in the first inning, but he'll still make it through four or five innings uh, and give him some solid uh, depth there. Offensively, Jose Siri has been their best hitter as of recent with four home runs. But uh, Randy Rosarena is hitting under 200. Yanni Diaz is hitting 250. Franco is hitting under 200. Brendan Lau is hitting under 200. Josh Lowe is hitting right at 208. Their offense has really taken a hit. Uh, 
And with their pitching being there right now, if that's something that's not going to be the best, they need someone to really step up or a couple guys step up for the pitching not performing at the highest level at, at, from what we're used to seeing. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 54 and 46. They've been playing really bad baseball as of late. They're 2 and 8 in their last 10. Got swept on the road at Toronto. Did take two out of three at Atlanta and then got swept on the road at Cincinnati. You know, for the Diamondbacks this season, offensively, they've been fine. Ketel Marte has been doing well. Corbin Carroll's obviously been doing solid for them. Uh, Merrill Kelly is likely to be back from the I.O. sometime soon. Um, that's good there for the Diamondbacks. They did lose Zach Davis to the I.O. Recalled Joe Mantiply. I think the biggest thing with the Diamondbacks right now surrounding them is figuring out who they're going to add to the rotation or bullpen. I think early on with the trade deadline, uh, a lot of people were expecting a guy like Shane Bieber to potentially go to the Diamondbacks. Now that he has been sidelined on the IL, there is still some question marks about him. I think, with, you know, he's back and healthy. He'd be a good quality starter. But again, how long is he going to be out for? Nobody necessarily knows. He's on the 15-day IL. There's also been guys floating around like Lucas Giolito, another guy that can potentially go into the Diamondbacks rotation. But I do think it is safe to say that the Diamondbacks are going to be looking to get at least one guy uh, to join the rotation, especially losing a guy like Zach Davies to uh, the IL. Yeah, uh, overall, pitching has been getting hit a lot more. I mean, Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson have been better uh, in, compared to, in comparison to the beginning of the season where they were giving up uh, five or six runs, it seemed like, every single outing. Uh, Zach Gallen, the last two stars, giving up six earned runs, three home runs, uh, being 0-1 at the 4-5 ERA. And then offensively, it has, they have been fine. Cattell Marte seeing 333, uh, two home runs, two triples, four doubles, 11 RBIs, six runs. Gerardo Perdomo has been solid. Uh, Corm Carroll has three home runs uh, for himself, hitting 235. Jake McCarthy has been solid. Christian Walker still has two home runs this past nine games. Overall, the offense hasn't been super bad. They just haven't been clicking as they were before. Uh, all at once. Uh, I think it's just more pitching, and that's what they've been uh, connected to. And for these trade deadline, uh, as a, adding another starting pitcher with Zach Gallen, uh, and just trying to bulk up this uh, starting rotation. One of the best teams, if not the best team in all of baseball, the Atlanta Braves are sixty-four and thirty-four, four and six in their last ten. Had a three-game series versus Chicago where they lost two out of three. Had a three-game series versus Diamondbacks where they lost two out of three, and then won two out of three at Milwaukee. Both sides of the ball, they've been doing great. Stride or L, they're on the pitching side of things. Um, they've added some depth in the bullpen, acquiring Chirinos and Pierce Johnson, um, adding some pitchers there for them. They are still, I think, going to make some moves, but again, they have the best offenses or one of the best offenses of all baseball and one of the best pitching rotations and pitches, pitching in all baseball. Um, our, our Orlando Arcia has been good. Austin Riley's been really good. He had a stretch of five homers in four games. Um, they got everything going for them. Guys like Sean Murphy, Eddie Rosario. So, and let's not forget Acuna, um, you know, as well. So the Braves are just in a great position right now. They don't necessarily need to do anything to bolster themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be buyers uh, or sellers this trade. I mean, they're arguably one of the best teams in the league, and they've been able to develop guys and do what they do. Uh, Charlie Morton's been really good, 2.84 ERA in his last two starts and 12 and two-thirds of innings. Strider does have a six seven five year range last two outings. Uh, giving up nine earned runs, three home runs, but does have twenty three strikeouts in twelve innings. Uh, Soroka six ERA, uh, made one start and then one outing out of the pen. Nine total innings, 
Uh, six earned runs, two home runs. So still trying to find his way there. Bryce Elder's last two starts, eight and two thirds, seven earned runs, two home runs. Uh, overall, the pitching has been getting hit around a lot more, but this offense is just so good that it really doesn't matter. They just keep on winning. Acuna's hitting 333, two home runs, three doubles, or sorry, three RBIs, one double, eight runs, five stolen bases in the last nine games. Michael Harris hitting 393, which is really good out of your nine hole or eight hole hitter. Riley's been solid, six home runs, seven. RBIs in his last nine games. Matt Olson has th- had three home runs, same with Orlando Arcia. This team is just really clicking. I mean, they've been clicking all year. I mean, Sean Murphy is hitting under 100 right now, and they're still doing what they're doing, uh, which, which is really impressive for them. The Boston Red Sox are 53-47, and 6-4 and four in their last 10. Had a three-game set at Chicago where they took two out of three from the Cubs. Lost two out of three at Oakland. Disappointing series there. And then most recently just took two out of three at home versus the New York Mets. I think the biggest thing surrounding the Red Sox right now is what they're going to do at the trade deadline. In our trade deadline special, I did say they're probably going to end up being sellers, but I feel like the Red Sox are both buyers and sellers at the trade deadline. I think the Red Sox have a lot of tools that they can use, especially in their minor league system. Guys like Blaze Jordan, potentially, they can filter in and get um, you know some help. I think they should definitely, if they're going to be buyers, get some pitching. There's a lot of great pitching out there, especially from the White Sox, guys like Giolito Gradman, maybe another big uh, closer or relief pitcher in Scott Barlow. Um, even a veteran and like Rich Hill. So they have a lot of needs, in my opinion, if they want to have success to make a World Series. But I think they're going to be both buyers and sellers. And the question for the Red Sox is, can they make an equal balance of it? And, um, you know, are they going to trade guys like Jay, uh, Justin Turner, James Paxton? Are they going to pick up guys that can help them have success? So we'll see what the Red Sox are going to do. I really have no idea. Yeah, the Red Sox are an interesting team because they got a lot of young guys uh, who are right on the fringe of potentially making their de- debut uh, if they're out of it this year or potentially at the beginning of next year. Uh, I think that there's a very good chance they will be sellers. I think they could trade guys like uh, James Paxson. He's showed off that he's been solid. Uh, they'll probably keep guys like Nick Pavetta. He's been really good out of the pen. Uh, his last two outings, seven innings, no one runs, 14 strikeouts, one no. Uh, he's been really good at that long relief role if a guy gets in trouble or even just filling in for a couple innings. Uh, then offensively, uh, Chris Tristan Cassis has been called back up, has five home runs, nine RBIs, a triple, nine runs, uh, hitting 462. Yoshi, uh, Mazataka Yoshida has been really good at home run, triple, three doubles, seven runs, or seven RBIs, five runs. Devers has four home runs. Justin Turner has three home runs, 12 RBIs, a potentially a guy who get, could get traded if they are going to be sellers. Overall, this offense has been solid. Uh, they do strike out a lot, but they do score a lot of runs and hit a lot of home runs. It's more of just their pitching. So if they do buy, like you mentioned, probably pitching is the way that they're going to need to bolster this lineup to be able to win. Uh, but they are sellers. I don't see a lot of the younger guys being traded away. I think it's going to be a lot of those guys like Justin Turner, or uh, James Paxton, who have been solved this year. The Chicago White Sox are 41-63-7 and 63 and seven in the last 10. One, two out of three at Atlanta was a bit surprising. Lost two out of three at the New York Mets and then got swept by the Minnesota Twins. I think it's obvious. The biggest thing surrounding the White Sox is the disappointment, obviously, that the years have kind of provided them. But what noise are going to make at the trade deadline? I, you could maybe argue that this is going to be the most active team as far as selling is concerned at the trade deadline. They got guys like Giolito, Kendall Graveman, um, even guys on the offense side, or a guy like Dylan Cease potentially, uh, a guy that can get, get a lot of value from. 
whatever's been going on for the White Sox has not worked thus far. I think the storyline is maybe building around a guy like Luis Robert having success there and kind of in that rebuilding phase. There is a time to do it, and I think maybe now is the time because you've tried the experiment for you know recently and it just hasn't worked. But they got a lot of young talent. Jake Berger's really emerged this season. Obviously, Robert's been insane. Um, but I do think they're going to lose a lot of pitching and have a lot of trust in their younger guys going through their system and what the returns that they're going to be able to get from trading guys like Giolito or Gravemitter or even Dylan Cease. Yeah, they're definitely going to be sellers. I mean, I think so far this year we've been talking about that, how they will be sellers. I mean, Lynn, Cease, Giolito are all guys that I do believe will get traded, and they're probably going to get some really good young prospects, uh, probably some guys that maybe a couple of guys who are – uh, major league ready or major league ready probably by next year uh, offensively they'll probably move some guys you could potentially see Tim Anderson move uh, I don't see anyone really trading for Ben Attendee because uh, they just signed him this past year I don't believe they'll trade Roberts uh, or Vaughn or Eloy I think those are guys that they're going to want to try to build around uh, no one's going to trade for his money Grandall because he has not been good basically his entire tenure at, with the White Sox it seems like Seems like they gave him that contract, and he's decided that he forgot how to play baseball and defense. Uh, he's probably one of the, I think I believe he's one of the worst statistical defensive catchers, and then but his offense doesn't really help out at, at all. So yeah, they are going to be sellers, and I think it's probably going to be two years until his team was really competing again. The Cleveland Guardians are forty nine and fifty four and six in their last ten. Had a three-game set at the Texas Rangers where they lost all three games. Then they took two out of three at Pittsburgh and most recently concluded a series at home versus the Phillies where they won two out of three there. Again, a 500 team right here. Their offense has been, I mean, kind of dismal besides guys like Jose Ramirez. Their pitching has been really good. Uh, We had mentioned, obviously, Shane Bieber on the IL. That obviously hurts them there and hurts them for potentially trading him. Uh, longevity, but they got a lot of younger guys. And I think the big thing with the Guardians, too, is they're a team that's going to trade a lot of their, uh, you know, quality guys. They've done it with Lindor, done it with Bauer, guys like that. They're a team that loves their development phase, and they can develop pitchers at a very fast eclipse, which I think is huge for the Guardians to trade pitching to maybe get pitching or maybe get help on the offensive side. They're still very much alive in the postseason as far as chasing the AL Central crown. Obviously, whoever gets uh, wins the AL Central will be the only representative from that division. But they are a team that can still compete, even if they do trade assets. They did it last year, and they're going to probably do it again this year. So the Guardians are in a good position in that matter, but they do need to find a couple more pieces to kind of fill in that puzzle and see what their future holds. And if they are not going to trade Bieber, they does come back from injury. Um, having that in the postseason would definitely be huge. Yeah, I think this team will probably end up being sellers. Um... Like you mentioned, they're able to develop pitching really well, and they've we've seen it, them trade pitching and just call up guys and basically just replace them for how good that they are able to develop. I mean, Tanner Bibby has been really solid. Gavin Williams, one of their top prospects, has been solid. Aaron uh, Aaron Savali has been really good this year. Uh, I think that they probably will tra- trade uh, Shane Bieber. I think it's one of the things that the reason why they are kind of holding him down and not letting him come back up yet, uh, obviously because of the injury, and they don't want to push that. But I think it's also they don't want him to get injured uh, before they trade him or anything like that. I think that they're trying to kind of preserve him and be able to get the best deal they can, uh, basically sell him as, like, he's fresh, he's ready to go. Uh, Logan Allen's also another guy, one of their young starting pitchers that they have. Uh, They have Tristan McKenzie, who I believe should be back somewhat soon. 
So overall, I think they're good in the pitching department. I think it's the offensive guys that they're going to need to trade for. And they could probably get a really good haul uh, out of Bieber or potentially Savale if they do move on from him. Stephen Kwan has looked like Stephen Kwan has in the past. I mean, he started off really slow, but as recently he's hitting 385, two home runs, seven RBIs, four doubles, eight runs, stolen bag, only one strikeout in 39 at-bats, which is really good. J-Ram's hitting 308, no home runs, uh, but J-Ram's still hitting like how he should be. Josh Naylor has four home runs and 12 RBIs. He's one of those guys see them trading but there's a very there's a very small chance that they do just because of how well he has been hitting and if they do want to stick with trying to play in that small ball uh he could be one of those guys who had a really good year same with josh bell i don't see them trading him after just signing him he's been really good really solid dh for them the angels are 51 and 49 six and four in their last 10 currently sitting third in the ao west Lost two out of three versus the Astros, won all three games versus New York, and won two out of three versus the Pirates at home. I mean, it's obvious. The biggest thing surrounding the Angels right now is what to do with Shohei Otani. If I was a time traveler and had to make a prediction, I will. I do think that they're going to end up trading him. I you know, originally didn't think they were going to, but I think there's so much pressure on the Angels right now to do so. I mean, what you're going to get for a guy like Shohei Otani, especially if you're highly unlikely to sign him, Far outweighs, I guess, a chance at a very crowded AL. I mean, AL race as a whole. I mean, the AL is very good this year. Same with the NL, but the AL in particular, guys like the Rays, Orioles, even the Blue Jays, for that matter, um, very good teams in the AL. I don't think the Angels would necessarily compete. Everyone wants to see Trout and Otani in the playoffs. Trout isn't really close to a return. He did get the stitches removed from his hand, but you can get so much for Shohei Otani. It'd be a different story if there was a chance that the Angels could re-sign him. I just think it's highly unlikely. So be smart, Angels. Everyone doesn't want to see Otani go, but he's going to go regardless. So you might as well get a great haul that can even maybe help you this season. Just because you trade Shohei Otani does not mean you won't make the postseason. I mean, it's highly unlikely. Sure, he's been a one-man wrecking ball on both sides. But we've seen it before where teams end up trading guys and still having success. I mean... In baseball, it's always so wide open. The Angels got to do the right thing here and trade Shohei Otani. Yeah, I'm on the same boat that they should trade Shohei. I mean, this team has not made the playoffs in so long, and be able to get a kind of like a reset out of Shohei, be able to put this team, get some minor league guys, uh, potentially also some major league ready guys uh, to bolster up this uh, rotation. I mean, we've seen Trout try to carry this team and Shohei now for so long. Uh, be able to try to make the playoffs, and they still haven't. It's one of those things where I feel like they're gonna tr- they're gonna keep Trout because it's gonna be Trout. Uh, I don't think some of the quote unquote rumors that he could be traded in the next couple years if they don't start winning. I think they're probably gonna, he's gonna be an angel for the rest of his career. But Shohei's gonna give him such a big reset, and so many prospects or so many guys who are major league ready right now, and be able to just win games for them. They haven't won games in so long. It feels like uh, just an overall. I mean, Shohei is going to be one of the highest-paid guys this offseason, and they're not going to be able to afford it. I mean, they have they have prospects. They have offensive prospects uh, to play the field. They, they need pitching. That's really the big spot, and they could get a lot of pitching. I mean, Moniak has really broken through being the first overall pick by the Phillies a couple of years ago. He's been solid. Taylor Ward's been solid. Mike Bustakis has been uh, pretty good since getting traded. Neto's been decent I mean they just have guys offensively who are been in the league for a while and I think they need some younger guys to either call up or trade for with the show with the show trade 
The Astros are 56 and 44, 6 and 4 in their last 10. One, two out of three at LA, like I just mentioned. They also took uh, one out of two games at Colorado and then had a four game set at Oakland where they did take three out of four. They've been quiet for the most part, especially in the AOS as of late. Valdez has had a really good year for them. Bregman on the offensive side has been good. Altuve's obviously been injured throughout the season. Kyle Tucker's having a good recent couple games as well. I believe he had a two-home run game against the Athletics recently, so big there. And then, like I said, um, Alex Bregman also had a good series, too, at Oakland. So for the uh, Houston Astros, they've been they've been pretty solid. Again, I don't know what kind of moves they're going to make at the trade deadline. Um, they seem to be doing just well, especially with having the injuries that they had to start the season and uncertainties there. But got a really good bullpen, really good rotation, and they've just been kind of quietly doing what they need to do to make some noise. Yeah, it seems like they definitely have been really quiet. I mean, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Brandon Bielek have all been solid. They've all been keeping this team in the games. Uh, Kyle Tucker's been super good, really good. He's been hot recently. He had 429, four home runs, 12 RBIs, three stolen bases, five doubles, six runs. Bregman streamed it on. I think he had three straight games of the homer against the A's. Uh, so four home runs, seven RBIs in the last nine games. Chaz McCormick's been good. Uh, Braves hitting right about 300. Just overall, this team's been looking solid. I think Jordan should be back soon. He did make back 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 to back starts in AAA uh, these last couple of days. So there's a chance he could be back within this next week. The Los Angeles Dodgers are 57 and 41, seven and three in their last ten. First in the NOS at the moment. Had a three-game set in New York where they took two out of three there. Then they had a three-game set at Baltimore. They also took two out of three. And then they took a two out of three at Texas. So they've had a good success as of late. Their offense has been insane. Freddie Freeman recently has four, five, two home runs against the uh, Texas Rangers. Max Muncy yesterday did hit a grand slam before it did kind of go to shits for them. Um, Gonsolin, it seems like he's been up and down, more down as of late. Uh, Bobby Miller has been doing enough. He hasn't necessarily, besides his first three starts, which were phenomenal, kind of really had that. X factor seven, eight innings, one run or less start, but he's been doing enough. And when you have uh, offense like the Dodgers have, you don't have to do a lot per se. Julio Rios had a good start, then had a bad start, so it's been kind of up and down. Kershaw is expected to be back sometime soon. I believe he just recently threw a bullpen session, so he's going to be facing later soon. Dodgers are in a good place. Bottom line, that you knew that going into it. Martinez has been good for them. They're in a good place right now, and I think they're only going to get better as time moves on. Yeah, this one seems that they are going to be buyers. I think they're going to go for starting pitching, uh, especially with Kershaw coming back soon. And they got depth. They got minor league guys that they're going to be able to trade for some of these starting pitchers. Julio Arias did have one bad start and then one solid start. Uh, Bobby Miller's been good. Uh, Tony Gonsolin's been solid. Emmett Shaheen did get hit around in his last start. So that's eight and two-thirds innings, 12 earned runs. Only one home run, but did have eight blocks to six strikeouts. Uh, Phil Bickford's been solid out of the pen. Michael Grove was good in his last start, going five innings, only one earned run. Uh, I think they're just waiting for the or the right team, the right trade, potentially Shohei Otani, or if not, at least someone like Giolito, potentially Stroman, something along those lines. Uh, Freddie Freeman has been really good this past month, but especially this past week, hitting 441, three home runs, a triple, two doubles, 13 runs, nine RBIs. Will Smith, uh, six RBIs, five runs. Or five doubles, seven runs, hitting 351. Mookie Betts and Saul did have a home run. J.D. Martinez, two home runs, 11 RBIs. Max Muncy, three home runs, 10 RBIs, and had a grand slam yesterday. 
The Miami Marlins are 54-47, and 2-8 in their last 10, and they've been playing bad baseball since the All-Star break. They've lost the first eight games before winning yesterday to snap that streak. Got swept at Baltimore, got swept at St. Louis, and lost the first two before winning the final game versus the Rockies in extra innings. Alcantara's had a couple rough starts for the Marlins. Um, he's been getting hit around a lot. Arise has been doing the rise things for the most part. Um, not batting 400, which is unfortunate, but he is doing enough and has been that catalyst on the offensive side. The Marlins have been doing good, especially for where they're at. I do think they need to make some noise at the trade deadline. I'd like to see a little bit more pitching, a little bit more hitting, uh, but they're doing well. I mean, right now in the NL East division right now, they're second in the NL East, so they're competing, and for how bad they played, probably their worst stretch of the year that they'll have to face. Um, they seem to be going forward in the right direction. It doesn't get much easier, though, for them. they got to travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Rays, in which a series, a quick series that, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays have been struggling too. Um, so with the two-game set of Tampa Bay, they're going to try to at least take one of them and get kind of the right footing back on track moving forward. Yeah, this is a team where it's kind of interesting where they're at. Like, they aren't going to be sellers, but I don't think they're going to be any of the high-end buyers. I think they're just going to get some solid guys to help out the team. Sandy definitely not getting rid of. I mean, that's their ace right there. Jesus Lazard in his last two starts, 11 innings, 301 runs, one home run, 15 strikeouts. Cueto had a start and came out of the pen, nine total innings, only one run, nine strikeouts. Braxton, Gar- Braxton Garrett's got hit around a little bit. Edward Cabrera went five five innings, one run, six strikeouts. Just overall, it's been really solid. Uh, Puck did allow three earned runs, two home runs in his last and within his last four outings, being 0-1. Uh, he was a solid guy. He's been their closer all year. But Lear Sarais did have the walk-off the other day. Still hitting 342 this last week. Uh, seven RBIs, a triple, four doubles, two runs. John Birdie's been solid, hitting five fifty six in his last seven games. Uh, it is only eighteen at bats. Brian De La Cruz had two home runs for himself, four RBIs. But overall, she's been really quiet this offense. Uh, their pitchers have been able to keep them in games for the most part, but they are losing a decent amount uh, without much uh, firepower on the offensive side. The Brew Crew, the Milwaukee Brewers, are 55-45, and 7-3 in their last 10. Obviously swept Cincinnati on the road. Took 2-3 at Philadelphia and then lost 2-3 versus Atlanta. Corbin Burns had a really good start against Philadelphia, going 8, eight, eight innings, 2 hits, 1 walk, 10 Ks, no earned runs there. They did recently promote Sal Freelich. Uh, a lot of people, even if they're not familiar with the Brewers, know that he's a highly talented prospect. Had a great debut for the Brewers. They got that uh, pitching under control for the most part. Devin Williams has been pretty good in the bullpen. They did lose Wade Miley in the IL. I do think they need to make a splash or two in the trade deadline. I mean, obviously last year they ended up trading uh, Josh Hader, which was a surprise for a lot of people. But they're a team that's usually got good pitching, good development pitching. They would like to see some more bats for them um, just in general. It'd be nice to see there. And I'm um, kind of seeing what they're going to do. I definitely think they're going to need to see some bats. Christian Yelich has had a good season, but... They need to add some bats. They need to add one or two starting pitchers or one or two guys in the bullpen to really kind of separate themselves. And with the Brewers and the Reds, both going to be buyers. One of them's going to make the playoffs. One of them probably won't. Uh, be curious to kind of see what happens there. Yeah, Corbin Burns has been really good. His last two starts, no earned runs in 14 innings, 23 strikeouts. Uh, I think pitching is definitely the way to go. I mean, Adrian Hauser, Freddy Peralta, even Julio Tehran have all been solid. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, I'm not sure what his timetable is looking like, but that would be a great guy to come back, uh, especially sooner than later for them. Uh, definitely bolster the starting pitching. Devin Williams is 5-5, five five, his last five save opportunities. Uh, no earned runs, uh, five innings, 10 strikeouts. 
On the offense side, William Contreras saying two thirty, sorry, three twenty-four right now, a home run, five RBIs. Yelich saying three twenty-four, three home runs, uh, four doubles, four runs, eight RBIs. Uh, Willie Donis has been solid, uh, not hitting for a lot of average, but did have a home run, hitting for extra base hits. And he mentioned Sal Freelick so far in his two games. Uh, he has four hits, two runs, two RBIs, a walk, uh, hitting 667 with a 625 on base, and making two great plays in right field uh, in his first time playing defense there in uh, Milwaukee. The Mets have been disappointing, probably the biggest disappointment in all of baseball. 46 and 53, 4 and 6 in their last 10. They had a three-game series versus L.A. where they lost two out of three. Then they had a three-game series at home where they uh, won two out of three versus Chicago. Then they lost two out of three at Boston. I mean, Verlander, Scherzer, up and down starts throughout the season. That's obviously been a disappointment. Kota Senga, uh, guys in the bullpen as well, have been up and down. Their bats have been up and down. Alonzo really struggled, seems to kind of continue his struggles for the most part. But all in all, I mean, for the Mets, the highest payroll team in all of baseball, and they haven't really done anything with it. They're fourth in the NL East. They're definitely not going to win the NL East, but they should be contending for a wild card spot. They're not even doing that. I expect them, I guess, to be sellers. Is, I mean, is that even a fair assumption to make? Because, I mean, their roster is so – the payroll is so high, but they're not seeming like they're going to make a run of the postseason, which is really sad because, I mean, on paper, they have one of the best rotations and just the best pitching in general to make a noise of that, but they just haven't so far. So be curious to kind of see what happens with them at the trade deadline. Yeah, it is an interesting situation because, like, their team's so good, but it's like, do you really want to call because where are they going to get? Are they, they don't want to, I don't think they're going to want to stack up on minor league guys. I mean, they got a really good minor league system already. But also, on the other hand, it's like, you don't want to trade these guys because you want to win right now, but you're not winning. So that was a big problem there. I mean, Scherzer's been solid. His last two starts, 13 innings, five earned runs, four home runs. Uh, so that's kind of not Scherzer, normal for Scherzer having four home runs and two starts, 13 strikeouts. Verlander. Uh, a little bit better in his 13 innings, four under runs, only one home run, 13 strikeouts. Kode Senga in two outings, nine and a third, three earned runs, one home run, 12 strikeouts. Cookie got hit around from nine earned runs in seven innings in the last two starts. And Jose Quintana, another, uh, another guy who's been kind of – teams have been reaching out to the Mets about potentially trading him. Offensively, Brandon Nimmo's had a pretty quiet season. Uh, really unknown season. Uh, he's been really solid. He's seen – had two home runs, five RBIs, three doubles, five runs in his past nine games. P. Alonso, no home runs, but triple, double, two RBIs, and four runs. So, so overall, the offense has been pretty bad. I mean, Francisco Alvarez is having a pretty good season uh, in his second year. He in 240 this past week, but did have two home runs and six RBIs. The Yankees are 53-47, and 4-6 in their last 10. Had a three-game set at Colorado where they lost two out of three. Then they had a three-game set at L.A. where they lost all three games. And then they won all three games at home versus the Kansas City Royals. I know the pitching side of things, Cortez has obviously been injured. Uh, Garrett Cole has been solid. Luis Severino finally got a win, um, which, of course, in the minute I dropped him from fantasy. Um, but then they also got guys like Carlos Rodon, who recently came back too. So they're going to have to have some guys step up there. I think the biggest news for the Yankees was Aaron Judge recently did face live hitters. So good to see potentially him making a uh, run back at a potential return sometime soon. They definitely need him. Anthony Rizzo broke his 0-for-20 slump with a single, also had a home run. So he's been maybe going forward in the right direction. Donaldson's been brutal. I mean, their bats have really just been brutal. A lot of veteran, old-name guys. and They've just been brutal for them. And like Basically a similar situation with the Mets, just slightly better. And, Honestly, if you look at it, the Mets should be better than the Yankees. It just hasn't been the case. But 
they would love to get Judge back at some point soon to kind of bolster that offense and get them back to where they need to be. They're sitting fifth in the AL East at the moment. Yeah, Garrett Cole has been really good all year. Uh, his last two starts, uh, no wins or losses, a 2.19 ERA, 12-minute third, 300 runs, two home runs, 21 strikeouts. Clark Schmidt's been decent. Severino's been decent. Uh, Rodon's been getting hit around ever since he's been called uh, back up, uh, making his debut this year for the Yankees. Uh, he's 0-2 with a 9-6-4 ERA. His last two starts, 9 and third innings, 10 earned runs, 3 home runs, 7 walks to 9 strikeouts. And Domingo Herman, where did he go? I mean, last start, uh, last week only one start, 7.5 ERA, uh, lost six in six innings, five earned runs, a home run. Uh, did get nine strikeouts, but this overall, this team's been really disappointing. I believe I saw something on the lines of today, today that Judge, uh, right now, even though he's missed, I think it was like 51% of the game so far this season, still leads the team in home runs, is like third in RBI. Is it just... This team's been very disappointing. I mean, Glaber's been decent. Uh, Dijon Mayhew this past week has been decent. Same with uh, Stanton. Rizzo, I guess you would say, is on back, back on track. I mean, just overall, this team just very disappointing. And I don't think that the quote-unquote trade rumors for Shohei really make sense for the trade because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. The Pirates are 43-56, and 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Uh, they've had a really disappointing season. They started off good, and then they just fell off a cliff. Had a five-game losing streak, kicked it off by playing the Giants at home, lost all three there, lost two out of three versus the Guardians, and then lost two out of three at L.A. I mean, it's just been bad. I mean, Bednar has, I guess, been consistent, but Mitch Keller's had two really rough starts this week, or I guess the past uh, since the All-Star break. It's been rough to see him. He's kind of been up and down, recently been down compared to up as of late. Henry Davis had two home runs against Otani, which is interesting. Um, the interesting note there, but he's had success. Uh, they also recently had called uh, uh, up Andy Rodriguez, who got his first hit and his first home run, I believe. So, uh, yeah, he's, they've been doing pretty good as far as development phases are concerned. But for competing for anything, no. I mean, when you got guys like Rich Hill in your rotation, uh, Mitch Keller, their ace has been struggling. It's, it's been rough to see. But we'll see if they move any guys like Bednar. Or even a guy like Mitch Keller, but uh, they got a good future, I guess, with guys like Paul Skeens and all these other guys they have going through their system right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the hot start that they went off to this year was kind of surprised to everyone. I didn't think it was going to last, and I think a lot of people would have agreed with that. And clearly, it hasn't. I think they will be sellers. I think guys like Rich Hill showed at least enough uh, promise in the sense of he's a, no- a good number, like four guy for a team, and is able to just show up and get his innings in and help out a team. David Bednar is probably going to be on the move. Mitch Keller, like you mentioned, last two starts going to get hit around. Last two starts is 0-2 with 11-4-5 ERA in those 11 innings, 14 earned runs, five home runs. They also called up one of their top, their top pitching prospect, uh, Quinn Priester, in his one start, 11.81 ERA, uh, which is his own one, five and a third innings, seven earned runs, seven hits, two home runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Uh, I don't think that's something that you're going to get used to seeing. I think Quinn Priester is really good. And I'll, I think he'll probably be one of their top pitchers in the next few years. Henry Davis, in his last nine games, hitting 387, three home runs, four RBIs, two doubles, six runs. Uh, Brian Reynolds has been solid. Uh, Nick Gonzalez has been good. Just overall, this team's been uh, pretty solid. Their young guys are starting to get called up and start getting some more major league time, which is probably what some of these other teams should start doing instead of uh, trying to manipulate service time.
The Texas Rangers are 59 and 41, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Swept the Cleveland Guardians, swept the Tampa Bay Rays, and lost 2 out of 3 versus the Dodgers. Good series there against the Guardians and the Rays. Pitching was really good. Their pitching was not very good against the Dodgers, giving up 11 and 16 runs there. Evaldi had a good start versus the Rays. Chapman's been really good out of the bullpen for them. Um, on the offensive side, they're starting to get injured a bit. Corey Seager now on the I.O. with a sprained thumb. Uh, Adolis Garcia did recently get hit on the hand by a pitch. His x-rays were fine. But that's the one thing that's going to kill a team like the Rangers is injuries. We've already seen it with Jacob deGrom. Uh, definitely very sad there. But they've been, like I said, doing all this out of Jacob deGrom. I mean, uh, Andrew Heaney, it seems like he's really up and down. Ovaldi's been relatively consistently good um, for the Rangers. Yeah, we'll see what kind of noise they make. I do think they need some bullpen help. I mean, they did start off by getting a guy like Chapman, but need a couple more there and maybe getting a high-end pitcher. You know their offense is going to be good, so see what they're kind of going to do. But they're sitting right now atop the AL West. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, Valdi had a really good start going six innings. Uh, only two strikeouts, but two hits, no earned runs. Dane Dunning got hit around in his last start. Uh, Ten innings, seven earned runs, three home runs. Uh, five strikeouts in, in those two starts. Heaney's up and down, but it's been solid. His last two starts, same with Gray. Uh, Martin Perez in his last game against the Dodgers got hit around, but was able to stay in there just long enough to be able to get the win there. Uh, or, I don't know, sorry, he had a win on the week. I don't, I'm not sure if it was his last start. Uh, but 11 innings, seven earned runs, two home runs, six walks to eight strikeouts. So not the best there. You did mention injuries. It's going to be a big part. I think pitching, I think bullpen help is what they're going to need the most. They could potentially see someone like a Jack Leiter, potentially one of their pitching, pitching prospects, uh, Cole Wynn, I believe is his name, or even Kumar Rocker. I mean, I don't know. I, I potentially see one of their t- prospects called up uh, to help him out uh, for depth, especially coming up closer to the playoffs. Nathan Lau has been – sorry, Nathaniel Lau has been really good. in 438, two home runs, a triple, two doubles – Eight RBIs, ten runs. Marcus Simeon had three home runs for himself. Jonah Heim, two home runs, ten RBIs. The offense is there. I mean, yeah, missing guys like Corey Seager is going to really suck. And then uh, Adoles Garcia did get hit, and but everything came back negative, so he should be back in the lineup soon. The Toronto Blue Jays are fifty-five and forty-five, six and four in their last ten. Had a three-game set versus the Diamondbacks, where they ended up sweeping them there. Then they lost two out of three versus uh, Slam Diego at home before losing two out of three at Seattle. You know, for the Blue Jays, their biggest question mark has been pitching. Start the year, Barrio struggled, then Manoa struggled. Um, Gossman relatively has been consistent. He was getting run up home runs like they were uh, a party uh, in his last start. Romano had a tough blown save. Uh, ended up getting the loss against the Mariners, too. So, I mean, their pitching is a bit inconsistent for where they're at right now. Their offense has been good. I mean, Vladdy, Bo Bichette, just to name a couple of guys, Springer. Um, but they definitely need some pitching help, maybe getting another big-time reliever or even a uh, a big-time uh, starter can also be huge for them. So we'll see what uh, what noise the Blue Jays are able to make. But I do think they're going to be a team that's going to be in the postseason. They're going to probably be a final wild-card spot or one of the last ones there, and they need some pitching to help them make a World Series run. Yeah, uh, right now Bassett, Brios, and Kikuchi have all been solid in their last two starts. Manoa in his last two starts going eight in the third, seven earned runs, nine walks to six strikeouts. So that's been his big problem. Is It's been the walks all year and then giving up uh, hits, uh, especially hard, hard hard hits. He's been giving up hard hits late in counts. Uh, Kevin Gosman's last start, he mentioned the home runs, four home runs, nine strikeouts, and six innings. 
Uh, overall, their bullpen has been decent. Uh, someone like Nate Pearson has been up and down. He'll have a stretch where he'll go scoreless, and then he'll have a stretch like this one in his last four and a third innings, like six earned runs, two home runs. And then offensively, Whit Merrifield has been solid, still hitting for a high, higher average, like where he's seeing Chapman's been solid, Bo Bichette's been solid. Vladdy has four home runs, six RBIs, two run, two doubles, seven runs. Uh, he's churned up the power as of recently. Uh, I believe he is at right around 15 home runs, 16 home runs, something along those lines recently. So home runs are down, but everything else is still up for him. The Rockies are 39 and 60, 5 and 5 in their last 10, won 2 out of 3 versus New York, uh, won 1 out of 2 against the Houston Astros, and then took on the Miami Marlins where they won 2 out of 3. So they've been playing decent baseball as of late. And the Rockies on paper look like a team that's just absolutely terrible, but they're not as bad as teams like the Athletics or the Royals for that matter. But we obviously know the Rockies are going to be a team that's going to consistently be um, selling at the trade deadline. They obviously recently got rid of Pierce Johnson. Um, that was a guy that they were not necessarily holding on to, but a guy that they were hoping to get some trade value from. There's some other guys that are on the team for the Rockies that can definitely, you know, make some noise. A guy like Elias Diaz, who was an all-star, had a big home run. I feel like catchers, especially in Major League Baseball, the position's a premium. You only have, you know, a couple really great catchers. So, obviously, getting a guy like that might be huge, but they're definitely a team that's looking for the future. But they haven't been playing as bad as maybe they've been kind of uh, landscaped out to be. They have a lot of room for improvement. Um, but I don't think they're going to be contending for anything anytime soon. they got to definitely develop a lot of guys there and see what kind of uh, trades they make to kind of build their franchise back up from the bottom. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be sellers. And like you mentioned, they haven't been as bad as uh, mentioned. I mean, starting pitching has probably been the worst thing so far this season, but their bullpen's been solid. Uh, we did just see the Pierce Johnson trade that like you mentioned. Uh, but Austin Gomber has been bad. His last two starts, same with Chase Anderson. Uh, Gavin uh, Holwell could be a guy uh, they could keep in the pen. But Justin Lawrence has been a lot of talk about him getting traded. Same with Daniel Bard. Uh, and I think those are two guys uh, that back end of rotation that they could get some decent guys for. I think they should go for pitching, Mario Pitching. I know they just drafted uh, Dole Lander from Tennessee this past year in the draft. Uh, and I think that's a good step in the direction on the pitching side. Uh, on the offense side, CJ Crohn's had four home runs in his last six games. Ezekiel Tovar has been solid. Gritchick's hitting 429 uh, in four games. Overall, it's been not as bad, like I mentioned, as mentioned as it seems. Nolan Jones has three home runs in his last seven games. Overall, it hasn't been bad, but it also hasn't been good. They're definitely going to be sellers, and I think they're going to be able to get some decent prospects for some of their bullpen guys that they have. And the final team is the Washington Nationals, who are 41-58, and 6-4 and four in their last 10. Again, it's been a very dismal year for the Nationals. They had a brief kind of flirt um, as far as maybe making a run to the postseason. Not necessarily the postseason, but being better than what they're at. But they just haven't stepped up to the plate just yet. They have lost 2 out of 3 at St. Louis. Then they lost 2 out of 3 at Chicago. And then they actually swept the San Francisco Giants, which is interesting. It's just how baseball works. Um, you know, their pitching was, I guess, their bright spot. They did place Hunter Harvey on the aisle with an elbow strain. I mean, I don't understand Patrick Corbin. I mean, sometimes he's the best pitcher in baseball, and other times he's the worst. Uh, you know, for the Nationals, Mackenzie Gore's been good. Josiah Gray's been good. They definitely need some improvement on the offensive side. They recently just signed Dylan Cruz, um, you know, finally to, you know, get him going in the minor league system. But especially with how the, the landscape this is, when, when are they going to start calling out prospects like Dylan Cruz or, or Johnny McHenry to 
uh, make some noise for the Washington Nationals as a whole. Yeah, as a whole, they're definitely going to be sellers. I don't know exactly who, uh, who's going to be on the move because I don't see anyone trading for Corbin, Patrick Corbin. Uh, maybe some of these other guys they could potentially trade, but I think the minor league guys are should be called up sometime, be able to get some type of experience this year. Uh, Josiah Gray's last two starts, 12 innings, uh, five earned runs, six strikeouts. Mackenzie Gore's last two outings, 2-0 two and o, with a 3-9-7 ERA, 11 and third innings, five earned runs, two home runs with 14 strikeouts, so he's been solid all year. C.J. Abrams since being moved up to the two-hole or one-hole, uh, hitting three, 42, three, three home runs, a triple, double, five RBIs, 12 runs. Dominic Smith's been solid, uh, hitting 387 in his last nine games. Kiebert Ruiz hitting 458 in his last seven games. Lane Thomas is still uh, hitting very well. Had two home runs, three doubles, seven runs, five RBIs, four stolen bags. I believe he had three stolen bags uh, against the Giants in, in that one game where they just, against uh, Logan Webb, where they just absolutely obliterated us. Uh, but overall, I think that they should be calling up some guys. And watch out for John McHenry. I believe he just had his first uh, home run the other day. So we could be seeing him call, get called up soon also. Well, there you have it for another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.